Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome to Inspiring Sports Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. And this is going to be a good one because we're talking to one of the SEN family. Scott Cummings, of course, former champion goal kicker for Essendon, Port Adelaide, West Coast. I don't know whether we can classify you as a Collingwood champion goal kicker. <laughs> Scotty, we'll just call you a Collingwood goal kicker. But Scott Cummings joins us for Inspiring Sports Stories today. Welcome. Thank you, Duff. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, mate. And yeah, uh, Terrific. All the better for seeing your smiling face yeah. the other side yeah. of the desk. I'm not sure what I've got to share that's inspiring, but we'll have a crack. Well, i tell you what. Go all the way back. To I remember you in your very early waffle days playing for Swan District. I think I remember you playing in a final actually at Super yeah. Echo Oval. Yep. And so I was sitting in the old waffle members grandstand up the back where the press box was. You tell everyone how skinny and fit I was. You were. You were you were tall and lean. Jump. Tall and lean. I don't remember you jumping. What much. are you talking about? I do remember you being very quick on the lead. You must have been away at that time. I do remember. Uh, let's go all the way back to junior days. Where did you? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? Born and bred. Born in Cullamunda Hospital, mate. And uh, then they, I think they tore that down after I was born. And uh, I lived in Les Murdy all my life. Uh, Les Murdy Primary. Went to Masnod College, um, which is possibly one of the best decisions my parents ever made for me. We lived across the road from Les Murdy High, and um, at the time I was, and they decided to send me to uh, to Masnod. And I was heading down the hill and off to school in my blazer and my tie and my pants. And the guys were walking up to Lesmody High in their black fab jeans, Winnie Blues in the sleeve, and pushing me off the path from year eight, year nine. <laughs> pushed me off the path, get out of the way. They told me, call me all sorts of names. And then about year 10, I had a bit of a growth spurt and they stopped pushing me off the path. But um, <laughs> it was a great decision. A really good school, Mazenod, um, Great sporting school. And um, it was yeah, it was a good thing. So then we, you know, we played all sports at school. We did athletics and basketball and swimming and, and mainly footy. But we had a pretty good footy side in the old quick cup days and local footy in the Swan District area. So who else was playing in that quick cup? Anyone of note? Um, For Mazenod? We had a, had a few guys, had a few Masnod boys went played waffle footy. Um, Chris Peel was a year older than me. And Peel, he, when I was at Carlton for a, a he little was, bit. Yeah. yeah. He was a top toward pick. Yeah, he was. He, was, he was an elite school footballer. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Um, um, but there was, a, you know, there was a few that went on to, to waffle footy from Masnod. Uh, a bit of Swans and then over to Perth and that sort of stuff. So, But we just had a pretty good side. It was never, ever... The best at school footy, Duff. Um, I never ever won a um, best and fairest or anything like that. So it was just a, you know, there were players ahead of me the whole time, but it was just a matter of maybe I was a slow slow developer. You said athletics. Yeah. What was your specialty? Yeah, you ready? 
Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> well, Javelin was one. Yep. Um, and the other one was High Jump. High Jump. Yep. High Jump. You said that with a straight face. Oh, I did. I'm, I'm I told you back then I could jump, mate. I told you. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some debate. I reckon I got two meters. I think someone else said I got 198 when I was that's uh, good. 16, 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so no, good. I could I could jump and no, and, and represented WA with every, in little hats. If you go to the state championships and if you want a medal, um, you got to represent WA. And this is when you're under 15, so the top age, you got to represent WA against Singapore. So um, got to do that, which was a great experience. Had to work every Saturday for. Um, for 10 weeks to uh, at my mum's work, cleaning a warehouse out for 10 sad days in a row, earning $50 a day and to pay the $500 to be able to go to Singapore. And um, that was where I was. Mum and dad didn't have 500 just lying around to throw in on top of all school fees and, and um, you know, sporting fees and boots and all that sort of stuff. So I had to go and earn that. And, uh, yeah, so little lats, mate. How many kids in the family? Two. Only me and an uh, older sister. Okay. And what about Swans? When did Swan Districts come into the picture? Uh, well, I started playing combined sides. Back then it was combined sides. So every year well, you play Little League and under 12s. That was cool. I remember that day. I remember that day running out. Um, what ground? At, at Bassadine Oval. Yeah. You, walk, you run out from the uh, Billy Walker stand and yep. and you play across the ground. And uh, we played we played South Randall. I remember it. Like, it was one of those things as a kid, you know, that you just go, wow, how cool is this? But then 13, so that was, at the time, that was year eight, so the first year of high school for us. And then you, I played in combined sides all, all that time. So everyone in our zone, they'll pick the, the best team out of all the teams in our in the Swan Districts area. And so I played combined sides, 13s and 14s. Um, state school boys in, in fifth, under 15s was then, was under 15s, now 16s. And then at 16, I played Teal Cup as an underager and 17 played Teal Cup as well. So... That was all during the Swan District's time. And you made your debut, senior debut, not long after that, didn't you? Yeah, well, we, I played in the Colts Premiership in 91. There's only Premiership, um, well, we won a few uh, won a few junior ones at Kalamunda. I played yeah. at Kalamunda before I went to high school. and um, But I played in the Colts Premiership in 91 at Swan District. It was just a great day. Loved it. Oh, such, so good. And then 92... Uh, played some reserves, played reserves footy, and then got six league games mm-hmm. in 1992. Remember your waffle debut? Yep. Yeah, I do. Um, you always remember the ones you get to kick in. So <laughs> <laughs> we played West Perth at Leaderville and um, and had a, a decent a decent debut. Um, had a good game. and um, So how many did you kick? Kick six. And uh, How many at, shots? Were you a good kick back then? Um. I don't know. I had a lot of work to do. I don't think I. Oh, I don't know. I, was, I don't know if it was six one or two or three. I don't think it was that many. Um, well, that's but, okay. Six three still two. Oh, it's, two I think thirds, I don't so. know. Yeah, I don't know how many points I kicked that day. Um, but I remember going into the rooms afterwards, and John Todd was our coach, and um, his first words were, "Let's see how you go next week." Yeah. Don't talk to anyone. Okay, John. Yes, Mr. Todd. Yes, Mr. Todd. <laughs> Did that mean don't talk to people like me in the media? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Toddy, um, well, he, he really had very little tolerance for people who got ahead of themselves. Yeah. And uh, he was making sure that, that I didn't. And people confuse, I think people confuse having a, a good time and, and being, I'm the, you know, I'm, 
I talk a lot. You're very gregarious. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I talk a lot and I like having fun and I laugh and some people mistake that for getting out of yourself or being a big head or whatever, but um, um, I just like having a laugh. But um, So, but Toddy was got me straight away. Don't talk to anyone. See how you go next week. And so, but I played the last six games of, of that season and then got drafted. So. Yep. So you were drafted in 92. So you were at yeah. Essendon in 93. Oh, no, I wasn't because, well, I was go. on their list. Yeah, I was go. on their list. Myself and, and Mickey Pryor uh, yep. both drafted. I think he was taken at six or something and I was taken at 20 by Essendon. Yep. And um, I just didn't think I was ready. I didn't think I was ready to move to Melbourne Maybe I was really green. So how old were you at this stage, about 18? Uh, 18, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I thought I decided to stay in Perth for a year and, and Queen Stanley so did Mickey Pryor. So he was at East Perth. And I decided I wanted another year, full year under John Todd to sort of harden me up a little bit and, and get me ready for for Essendon, for, for Victoria, for Kevin Sheedy. What sort of coach was Toddy? Hard, but I found him really fair and he was perfect for me. Oh, it was absolutely perfect for me. He he rode me when I I had to be ridden. Um, he he gave he he would rip India if you if that was warranted, and I don't think I I don't think I ever walked away going that was unfair. Um, whereas I have with with others, well, I have I have with the next coach in line. Um, <laughs> but no, but he, he he was brutal. But I learnt I learnt really quickly with Toddy that. If you're losing at half time, don't be the first one in the rooms. <laughs> All right. And I learned that really quickly. I said, sit back, wait for someone else who hasn't had a kick to go in. Because Toddy would grab them and take them into his office in the change rooms, which was attached to the Swan District's change rooms. Yep. And they had those metal lockers. Tell us about your first full season of Waffle Seniors in 1993. Got, I played round one and then got dropped. Um, which was, again, part of Toddy's way of getting me sorted and making sure that I didn't have down moments and and where I wasn't switched on 100%. And I got dropped for round two and I came back round three and I was on the bench at Lathlane. And um, Kevin Caton, who's a great mate of mine and, and to this very day, um, I always praise his skinny little ankles because he went down in, I reckon, late in the first and his little ankles gave way on him and uh, and I came on and uh, and never looked back from that point on. I kicked eight that day and, and we had a great win and, um, and from that point I never looked back. We'll take a break and we'll be back with more of inspiring sports stories after the break. We'll talk about Scott's time at the Essendon Football Club. This is Inspiring Sports Stories, thanks to Bauer and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield on SEM. Thanks to Bauer and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Sports Stories, brought to you by Bauer and O'Day. We're talking to SEN's own Scotty Cummings from Scotty and Goss for Breakfast. Of course, also champion with Essendon, Port Adelaide, West Coast and Collingwood. Scott, we're at a stage where you've left Swan Districts. You've, had, you've done your season or so of apprenticeship under John Todd and you go to Essendon and you meet Kevin Sheedy. Mm. What was that like? Um 
Well, we, we met him beforehand. He he was he came around to our house in Les Murdy uh, with Roger Hampson, who was the CEO at the time. And Toddy said to me, Toddy said to me early in the week, goes, what's going on? You heard from Essendon, blah, blah. This is 93, obviously. They're trying to get us to go over. And and I said, oh, yeah, um, they're coming over to our house on, on Thursday, John. He goes, do you want me to be there? I went, oh, wow, I'd love you to. Um, yeah, that'd be fantastic because that you know, was Kevin Sheedy. Yep. And um, and so Sheeds and, and Roger Hampson walk in our front door and there's John Todd sitting at our table and I think Sheeds saw that as an ambush because uh, Toddy just asked him serious questions. Where are you going to play him? Uh, what are your thoughts of him? What does he need to do? I'm not sending him just to play reserves. And so <laughs> Toddy was half at him and I'm sitting there going, oh, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> and um, and I think she saw that as an ambush and didn't didn't take her fancy to me straight away. But I got there and um, it was it was tough. It took me, I reckon, a good a good three months. Yep. To not want to come home. Is that right? Yeah, I, I was as I said, I was pretty green, and I got there and they they lobbed me into a house with the receptionist for the footy club. She wanted, um, I think she'd broken up with her partner and wanted a man in the house. And I was sitting, oh, I'm 19 and I'm still a green and I'm a kid and I lived with her and that didn't work out at all. That was a nightmare. And um, then Alec Eppis grabbed me, great West Australian on Kookaburra. Kookaburra, yeah. I went and stayed with him for four weeks while Dave, I moved in with David Kelthorpe, one of my teammates there. But it was, uh, no, it was hard and I was... The, what I found out and what didn't help me was I was kicking goals in the reserves and had a couple of really good weeks. But the more you tell Kevin Sheedy to do something, the less likely he is to do it. Mm. So they're all screaming. They've come off the flag, obviously. In 94, we didn't make finals. and the, So they were sort of just plotting. Um, not plotting the wrong word. We were just going. like We weren't getting the results that we wanted. Yep. But I was kicking goals in the twos and everyone's saying, you've got to play, young bloke. You've got to play this young bloke. And the more they said it, the less like he did. So he just he'd come after me at training. And there were games where, and this is not big nutting at all because it was in the reserves, right? But we played Collingwood um, at the MCG, but the reserves played a punt road oval and I've kicked 11. And I've gone over to the MCG to support the, the seniors who are in the rooms going, yeah, yeah I've got him now, <laughs> you beauty. And I walk in and sort of standing in the corner and Sheeds walks over, he kick 11. Yeah, just 11. It's pretty easy, 11, wasn't it? I said, what? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy, 11. You didn't really have to work too hard for it. So all the stuff that I'm asking you to do, you didn't really have to do. Oh. And I walked away after kicking 11 goals feeling like crap. Yeah. The next week, we played Fitzroy at Princess Park. And playing reserves again, didn't get a game. Kicked 12. <laughs> I've got it. This will stuff him. You beauty. I've got him on toast here. <laughs> And I walked in the room, so I support the seniors again. We were all behind them. And um, he comes over, he goes, 12 today. I said, yeah, it's a dozen. He said, how many of those were just handballs over the top? I'm like, like one? <laughs> Jeez. And he's on, yeah. And I walked away after getting 12, feeling like crap. So I'm thinking, what, what do I have to do to please this bloke? So I, I'd go and see him and say, you know, why would you Why'd you drag me or what have I got to do to get a game? And when I was playing seniors, why'd you drag me? Why'd you drop me? And I had no idea what he was ever talking about. I would go into his office, he'd look at me, 
go, well, tell me what you're thinking. I'm, like, I'm thinking I'm 19. I don't, I, I do as I'm told. And when you ask me to do something and I bust my butt to do it, that's when you probably should come over and say, well done. But it, that wasn't Jesus' way with me. It was just step on me, step on me, step on me all the time. So I never really ever played a game at, at Essendon where I felt like I belonged properly in that team and the coach was right behind me. Did you like him? Um, I didn't dislike him, um, but I I didn't dislike him as a person, I don't think, but I, yeah. I barely got to know him really as a person. I didn't like him as a coach, though, but but for every bloke like me that, that didn't like Sheets, and I don't know a, a player in the competition still to this very day who's playing reserves and loves the coach. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's the bloke that's stopping you from playing. Yeah. Um, so – I, I just had, I had no idea how to take him. I had no idea what he meant most of the time. I thought I did. Then I'd go and do it and then he'd tell me, no, that's not it. And he had no idea and didn't bother to take any time to know what made me tick. Yeah. So he had no idea how to get the, the best out of me and the way he went about it certainly wasn't the best way to get out of me. But I, as I said, I was brought up as, as, you know, you respect your elders, you respect people who've been there, done that. And you do as you're told. And as a footballer, I know it's very different nowadays, you do as you're told. Yeah. And I thought I was doing as I was told, but every time I did it, it wasn't it. So I had no relationship with the coach at all. Um, we, we, I would find out if I was in the team by watching the footy show. That's how I found out. I'd have to watch, watch the footy show because Essendon were a big team. They always put them bloody last. Yeah. So I was sitting there, come on, just come on. And then I'd find out I was omitted. Yeah. Or, or found out I was getting a game. There were times where Lloydie and Lloydie got to the footy club that on a Thursday night at training, we're one-on-one in the goal square, Sheets would kick the ball up, and as he's kicked the ball, he'd say, whoever wins this plays on Saturday. And the time he did it, I'd, I'd won the contest, and I played. Lloydie didn't. That's how, that's how it was with him. And, you know, so there were, there were just times where – he he made he made it really really hard. But that, like I said, that that's me as a yeah. person. Now that you might say, well, that's that's weak by you, harden up. But a good coach, it's like a good manager at work. Um, it doesn't matter what level you're coaching. You need to understand what makes your troops tick. Yeah. And if you can get find out what makes them tick, then you will get the best out of them, which will make you look really good. And Sheets didn't bother to do that with me. I, I, he made me do goalkeeping practice at halftime of a game once. We were playing in, against Melbourne at the MCG. And I had one four or one five up to halftime. So I was seeing it all right. I was doing the, the bit that's hard. The hardest bit is getting it. Getting it, yeah. So I was doing that okay. We we're walking off the ground and Sheets looks at me and goes, where are you going? She said, well, you know, at halftime we go into the rooms. You talk to us and we sort of run back out again, <laughs> Kevin. It's been going on for a while. It's goalkeeping practice now. And Mark Williams was walking next to me and Choco like laughs. He's like, huh? <laughs> he goes, you take him. <laughs> I've looked at Choco, he had sucked in. And uh, so we we're out there at the MCG. I go to the punt road in and the the Oz kickers are running around me. Go, what are you doing here? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I had one shot for goal and it went through the middle and the crowd roared. And Choco's grabbed the footy. And walked home and said, mate, this is too embarrassing. Let's go. I'll tell him you had five or six gigs. Thanks. Let's get out of here. And and so that was the sort of thing. And I, I, I just never knew how to please the coach. 
how did Port Adelaide come about? Uh, it came about really, really quickly. Um, and this was the this is the thing that clubs are so much better at now. But in the end of 96, I was out of contract and I was told for weeks and weeks and weeks that I was getting another contract and it was on its way. I got a phone call at uh, about 11 p.m. on the Thursday night before the 12 p.m. deadline of trade week. And Danny Corcoran offered me a contract over the phone. I'm like, why isn't he ring my manager? Or, um, but okay. And the contract was horrible. It was terrible. But I said yes because I didn't want to leave. And the conversation was this. Yes. And this is what will give you a base match payments, incentives here, blah, blah. And I went, okay, I accept that. Oh. Oh. Well, that's fantastic. We'll, uh, we'll wrap that up tomorrow then. Beautiful, thanks. And within, <laughs> I reckon, four minutes, my manager rings me and says, Port or Geelong Picker Club. I said, what do you mean? I've just spoken to Danny Cork, and he goes, that's what I'm here for. He should have rung me. He didn't. He rang you expecting you to say no. Um, and then they could have said you left, but you said yes. <laughs> You're an idiot. It was terrible. <laughs> he goes, you've got 13 hours basically to decide Port Adelaide or Geelong. So why pick Port? Um, when I was when I took the phone call, I was actually with Gavin Wanganine at the time, and he's running up and down the hallway going, yeah, Wanganine, no come hangs for his eighth year beauty because Gav was gone. I spent three months trying to convince Gav not to go to Port Adelaide. Don't go there. They're going to be crap. They're no good. The new club, it'll be shocking, be bad move. And he's going, no, no, you don't understand this footy club. I said, mate, don't go there. He decided and... I looked at the horizontal hoops of Geelong and went, that's not going to suit me. No. So, uh, <laughs> we might, we might go to, so, and, and, and met with Jack Hale and I uh, said, all right, we, we're going to Port Adelaide. We're going to be part of something new. I thought I would play every week and just one conversation with Jack was enough because he's just, he was the absolute opposite. He cared about me. Um, he, he got me ready he made me want to play footy every day. And I went, that's the sort of bike that I need. That's the sort of bike that I'm after. So I went to Port Adelaide. We'll take a break and we'll come back and talk to you, uh, talk to you about your time at Port Adelaide. Uh, this is Inspiring Sports Stories. Thanks to Barrett and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Sports Stories, brought to you Bower and O'Day. And we're talking to SEN's own Scott Cummings. Uh, he doesn't really belong to any one club. There was Swans, there was Essendon, there was Port, there was West Coast, and there was Collingwood. Scotty, you arrive at Port, first season, yep. 1997. Um, people are thinking they're going to be easy beats, but they weren't, were they? We were in round one uh, against... Collingwood, and it was great to be a part of Port Adelaide for their first two years. I was mm. really proud of that. And you're right, we were expected not to win a game for the year. I think we missed the finals in our first year by maybe a game, um, maybe in the second season by maybe a game and a half. We had a couple of draws. But it was – but I loved it. I, I loved it. I um, Jack Cale, sensational coach, motivator, um, Someone that you, you are prepared to run through a brick wall for. He just put instills so much confidence in his players. And so I was I was somewhere where I felt a part of it. I felt wanted by the coach and I felt the coach believed in me. Um, which was which is really important for for any athlete or any and I'll compare 
footy to, to working environments and that sort of thing a lot. It's, it's the same thing. If you're going to work and you feel valued and you feel important and you feel like the manager, the CEO or the board respect you and like you, you're going to do the best work you possibly can. And that was like me with, with Jack Cale. Love tell, him. tell us about the club. Because it's it's a it's a special club, isn't it? Oh, it is. Um, I, I I was told a lot about it before I, before I got there, but then I think the first day of preseason training, it sort of dawned on me when there's a thousand people watching you run laps, and uh, they're welcoming you there, and and as you walk into your car, they're telling you about the club and what they expect from you. And you're like, okay, mate. Well, just listen, just. Don't get too upset about what I show you during preseason. All right, just just bear with me. I'll get myself right. And um, and I remember one of the first sessions because Mark Williams was the one. Mark Williams was the guy that was sort of he'd left halfway through '95, and then '96 when I'm getting dropped and in the team, out of the team. Chogo was find his way to Windy Hill and walk into the car, or he just walked past me and go, "Do you want to play senior football or what?" So, I mean, he, he had just as big an influence uh, in getting me there. But then <laughs> I was doing pre-season and never a strength stuff. Never a strength. <laughs> I believed in having every day of my eight weeks off. Yep. And um, we are doing, I don't know, a 2K or a 3K. And and uh, Jack's looked at Choco. And, and we, we had Jack on, Scotty and Goss, earlier on this year. And Goss said, what was your first impressions of Scotty? <laughs> and... Uh, he, Jack actually said these words. He looked at Choco and said, who is this fat prick and what is he doing here? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you know, as, as I did with every year, just train, you just keep training, keep training, and, and you get yourself in, in decent nick. And I had a good year. I kicked 70 goals in that first year. Uh, I think it was third in, in the Coleman's. And I, to my, and I'll take full blame for this, I just thought that, things were just going to get better for me. Mm. You know, I'd kicked a couple of seasons of 30s in the, at Essendon. Yep. And in my mind, that first year of 10 games and 32, I think it was the leading goal kicker. That explains what 94 was like. Yeah. Um, and then I was playing a bit of snuff back and all that sort of thing. But I kicked 70 and I thought, this is just going to keep getting better for me. I'm just going to keep improving. I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm going to be a good player. And I didn't do the work in that 97, 98 off season. I just thought everything would just be okay. So I did what I had to do just. And for me to play well, I, I couldn't afford to do what I just had to do. Mm. I had to do more. I had to do extra. And I, and I didn't do it. And looking back on it now, I kicked myself. Absolutely kicked myself for it. Had a tough year. I think I kicked 40 for the year. Copped it everywhere, every week. Copped it in the media. Phil Carmen would come for me. He was doing a column for the advertiser and, and Michelangelo Rucci would smash me. Because Rooch was a port boy, wouldn't he? Big port man, Rooch. Wouldn't and have liked port players playing badly. No, and just came after me. And and again, it's because I have that personality of always trying to be best to enjoy myself and have a bit of fun. And that can be misconstrued as he doesn't care or he's not he's mucking around. Look at him. Well, hang on a second. I'm not on the training track right now. I'm allowed to muck around. Mm. Um, but and '98 was was a tough year mentally um, because I was copping it left, right and centre and I had a bad year but they re-signed me and I had a, a year extension and I went over to Melbourne to do the footy show grand final thing and um, I was Tom Jones, <laughs> tight blue pants and a white fishnet singlet. It was a good look in September, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> and um, the next day I get a phone call from Rob Stoden who was the Danny Corcoran of 
Yes. Of, as, of Port manager. Adelaide, the yep. footy manager, and I'd signed an extension. And he said, uh, go, Scotty, here you go. I said, uh, yeah, good, Rob, what's happening? Uh, what do you ring me for? What do you need? And he said, well, look, don't look into this whatsoever because you're a quiet player at the Port Adelaide Football Club. I'm going, hang on a second. I'm pretty Essendon told me that for five weeks. I was a required player. And again, if I knew then what I know now, which is the second they say you're a required player, you just pack your bags and head off because you're gone. It's yep. like having the full support of the board as the coach. He doesn't want that because it means he's about to get the lemon and sass. <laughs> And he said, don't look into this because you're a required player at Port Adelaide Football Club, but Mick Mouldhouse has been calling and uh, he's really keen to get you to West Coast. I said, well, what does that matter, Rob? I'm signed with Port Adelaide. I don't want to move again. I'm, I love the club and I want to stay. And he said, yeah, 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 no problem at all, but we wouldn't want to stop a bloke furthering his career if that's what he wanted to do. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> so I rang mum and said, I think I'm coming home. And she said, why is that? I said, well, Port Adelaide just said I was a required player and Mick wants me. And she goes, what does that mean? I said, well, what did it mean in Essendon, Mum? Come on. <laughs> and um, and that was the last I'd heard from Port Adelaide. So I, I rang Mick Mouldhouse and, and we had a chat and they flew me over and we had another chat and I sat in Mick's office and went, and I was scared of Mick when I got there. I was like, well, I'd watched Mick in those, you know, 90, 91, 92 and watch him from afar when I moved. And I was uh, petrified. You know, I was sweating walking in to see Mick. Yeah. I reckon within three minutes, I've just gone, oh, oh, wow, he, he, this bloke's awesome. And he said, well, the, you know, if you do the work, you do the work in pre-season, these are the guys that'll be kicking the footy to you. And he named off, you know, West Coast midfield, their half-backs, their half-forwards. And I just went, yeah, yeah, okay, right. Kemp, Matera, et cetera, et cetera. Keep going. Um, just keep going. And there were so many. And I went, yep, okay, gotcha. And it all just, again, a bit of a blur we did a deal and I said, I'll be over in, you know, eight weeks. Got some loose ends to tie up here in Adelaide. I've got to pack the house and all that sort of stuff. And I reckon Nizzy and, and I reckon it was Trevor Woodhouse came over halfway through that, that eight week period. Might've got a little large in that time. I was doing a fairly decent farewell tour. Yes. Of Adelaide, <laughs> and I've waddled into the bar and you can see them looking at me sideways <laughs> going, my God. And then I sat down, they said, we think you should come home now. I said, I think I should too. <laughs> so we, I came over and, um, but again, and that's, that's the thing, like it was brutal how it was done. I, I'd never, I'd never heard from the club again from that phone call. And from the time I hung up that phone from Rob Snowden to ring Mick, I hadn't heard from anyone. So it can, it can break your heart. It can break your spirit. But I always just kept going, going, you know what, as long as someone wants me. If yeah. someone wants me, I'll give my absolute all for them and and I'm still in the game. So it's just a matter of putting your ego aside, saying, Okay, you you're not you haven't been delisted or you haven't you're not finished. Go and reward these people for your faith. And I came over and I worked my backside off, mate, in yep. ninety eight. Beginning of 99, I was doing extra session after extra session and no surprise, had the best year of my footy career under Mick at West Coast. Did you like Adelaide? Yeah, I did. You make your own fun in Adelaide and we all lived on the water sort of thing. We bought jet skis and um, good golf courses there and um, and we had a really good tight-knit group. Um, I reckon I met five people in Adelaide in two years and this is not exaggerating whatsoever. I reckon I met five people, maybe I should have got out more, that didn't follow footy. So everyone has a say. So you are in a fishbowl. There's no doubt about that. And everywhere you go, someone will know you. 
and not like it is now where they're watching you, waiting for you to stuff up or something like that. They they want you to, they want to talk to you and they want to give their thoughts, and you couldn't get away from that. But no, I, I you know I like Adelaide. Adelaide's an easy place to, for people to take the piss out of, but it's a good join and the people are good people. Um, so I did enjoy it there. Yeah. Oh, I love Adelaide. I, I think it's a great place. I've spent a number of Septembers there covering footy finals, and yep. um, I don't understand why people knock it. We'll take a break, and we'll come back and talk about the best year of your footy career in 1999. This is Inspiring Sports Stories. Thanks to Bauer and O'Day. We're talking to Scott Cummings. Remember, don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Sports Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. And we're talking to Scott Cummings. Scott, you leave Port Adelaide and you arrive at West Coast and you have the best season of your career in 1999 under Mick Malthouse. Yeah, it was, um, it was great. And again, it goes back to doing that work in the off season. Um, but then also too, uh, the boys just... Welcome here with open arms, a ripping bunch of fellas we played with over those years. And, you know, some of those guys too were players that I was watching um, and, and came through, you know, Teal Cups with Glenn Jackovich and Mitchell White. And, um, but then, you know, Maney and, and Bluey and Pete Matera and, and those guys, it was like, oh, man, these guys are superstars. <laughs> and um, But, they, you know, what? they're like every club. They're normal blokes. And they were fun. They, and that we had a really good fun team that knew when to have fun and knew when to work. Obviously, under Mick, you got to work. But I just loved playing. I loved playing for Mick. I loved playing at home. I loved playing for West Coast. And we knew Mick was leaving. He announced that. Um, and then Mick left and uh, Ken Judge came in. And, and Judge, he, for whatever reason, decided he needed to de-Mick the place. So if we lost, we'd get belted. And then you try and respond. And... Um, and the thing about Ken Judge is, too, people say, what was he like as a bloke? I said, oh, I don't know. I had him for two years. I don't know. And then, so I was, I was look, 2000 was okay personally. Um, you, I kicked, you kicked big tallies in 2000, but your yeah. consistency sort of but fell I had away. My, I had my, it was working out before a game, which was my target mm. every week as a full forward, a goal a quarter. And then my groin went on me. I had the pubis symphysis, and it was, every time I took off, it was like a knife going into me underneath yeah, it was no good had surgery and which was a bad decision and um but again do as you're told um and I was out for the rest of the year and then 2001 I was sort of in and out fighting injuries and form because uh, it was just hard you get shouted at all the time and not that like if you, you play poorly and you cop a spray then you cop that spray and you move on you play poorly you deserve it we were just copping sprays all the time from Judge. He was under a lot of pressure. Um, then he, then he, um, he got let go, and not long after that, I think they look they appointed Wusher a little period after that. I just got married. They brought me back from my honeymoon and said, "We need you to try. We need to test you. Two, we only want you to do two tests. We want to make sure you're fair income for next year." I said, "Well, I'm telling you right now, I'm fair income." And secondly, I'm on my honeymoon. Do you mind if you just wait a week? No, we need you back now. So I had to leave my wife on our honeymoon. I flew her mother up to spend the rest of the other week of our honeymoon with her. And I came back. I should have asked them what the two tests were before I got home, Duff. 
Um, I should have said, what are the two tests? And I'll decide if I jump on a plane and leave uh, <laughs> my brand new bride here on our honeymoon. I get there and they said, oh, we're just going to weigh you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> come on. I've, I've had, you know, six weeks off. You know, I've been on a wedding junket like there's no tomorrow. Had a Bucks week with my groomsmen. I had a week in Perth and having lunch with everyone every day and a wedding. And I said, I'm just not going to go well. I said, well, well, we need to make sure that you've been looking after yourself. I said, well, after you're at my wedding, you knew I wasn't. <laughs> um, I said, but I will do the work. And I said, yeah. And, and then the other one is just a beep test. I went, okay, so you're going to give the full forward, who's a sprinter, uh, an aerobic test to see how they go. So they did that, and it was a, they sort of set me up a bit yep. for that. But to Wush's credit, um, I get the phone call you know, a day later, I wish I would like to see you tomorrow. I'm like, can't it be today? Let's just do it today, please. I, say, I wish I'd like to see you tomorrow. But Wusher, to his credit, um, and I'm 90% sure, I've been led to believe that it wasn't even his decision, it was made by others. Um, and he sat me down and said, we're not going to run with him next year, but he looked me in the eye and he told me that. And I went off, um, saying things to Wusher that you wouldn't normally say to Wusher, <laughs> but I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted and, um, head in the hands and in front of my locker. Um, yeah, and no, I, I was really upset, really disappointed and, and sad, but, and, and, and that time then I didn't know what was next. That was the thing. All the other times you get kicked in the backside, yep. there was someone who wanted you to play for him, and that was fine. I didn't know. I was getting delisted. So I didn't know what was next and what I was going to do. But then, long story short, Mick rang me two, a day later, said, how are you going? And I said, I'm not really sure. Is he going to play on? I said, I don't know yet. Um, and we had a bit of a chat. And then next two days later, he rang me again. I said, well, look, I've done something that goes against every grain in my body, Mick. And he said, what's that? I said, I've hired a personal trainer. <laughs> no, I don't believe in paying someone to flog you, but I'm doing it. Um, he said, who are, you going, who are you going with? I said, oh, Steve Smith. He was down at, down Lake at, Claremont. At, down at Claremont, yeah. And, oh, man, did he punish me for three months. But I didn't know Mick was getting weekly updates on my mm. training loads. And uh, Mick got me over for a week of training. He said, oh, well, I, he rang me. He said, I said, I'm getting a personal trainer. I said, I'll be buggered if I'm going to let them decide when my career's over. And... Um, so I was, I was hurting, but um, then trained and Mick got me over for a week of training. And I lasted two days on the track and Mick said, don't worry about coming back. And I was flying. Stuff. I was running with the midfielders. I was seen it like a watermelon. I was as fit as I've ever been, fitter than 98, 99. Mm. And um, he came up to me after two days on the train track. He said, oh, that'll do, mate. Thanks very much. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, that'll do. Don't worry about coming back. I said, are you serious? And there were all the players around. I said, can we go for a walk? And we went over the other side of the oval. I said, what do you say? He goes, mate, you dragged me over here to uh, get me to repeat myself. What happened? I said, what do you say? Don't come back. I said, I'm training the house down. And I went to town on Mick for about a minute and a half. And, yeah. and people don't think that's a long time. But if you look at your watch for a minute and a half and imagine yourself abusing spray. Mick Moldhouse. Yeah, it's, it's a long, long time. And uh, I said, mate, you, you owe me more than that. I said, you and I are tight. We've got a great relationship. I'll kill for you. You know I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. I said, I'll, you know, I am so fit. I'm ready to go. And he's going, okay, you're done. And I, and I said, yeah, I'm just disappointed, coach, to be honest with you. And he said, all right, I'm going to draft you next Tuesday uh, based on what I've seen and what I know over the last three months. Geelong have got a pick before us and they want a full forward. I don't want them to see how well you're training. 
So we're going to shake hands here. You're going to look sad. You're going to walk off the ground. If anyone asks you what you're doing, you are saying you're going home and you've had enough. And I'm like, oh, you know there's only stuffing around, don't you? <laughs> and he's like, stop laughing. Off your trot. All right. All right. And then he rang me at 6 a.m. It was on a Tuesday morning. He said, bad luck, son. I said, what's happened? He goes, you got me for another 12 months. I said, oh, I bloody love you. I'll see you soon. Um, so, again, there's been kicks in the ass stuff. Uh, there's been lots of those. But um, you just you just keep the chin up and, and, and keep plugging away and, and find the people that bring the best out in you. And uh, and that they did. Unfortunately, I got, you know, that preseason probably wasn't the best thing for me. I did far too much running. I did my first hamstring ever in round two against West Coast. Started off on fire kick five against Richmond and then yep. and then um, did my first hammy ever against West Coast. And then they just sort of kept going. The back was shot and hips and so... I didn't get to play the amount of footy I wanted to play at Collingwood, but um, they offered me a job as soon as I retired, and I worked there full-time for three years. I was doing goal king coaching and special projects where a lot of past players find themselves <laughs> in, and then emceed functions for them for the last 20 years, and and um, you know, Eddie McGuire recommended me for the job I've been doing, or was doing in Melbourne for 14 years until we moved back home here. Um, that footy club was fiercely loyal towards me, and um, and and shaped my life a lot, and for that they'll always have my loyalty. Scotty Cummings, inspiring sports stories brought to you by Baron today. Congratulations, mate, on a uh, a terrific career. You've always been an interesting player to watch and a, and a terrific person to listen to and be around. And uh, well done. I hope you're enjoying life. Uh, Life's and, pretty uh, good, mate. And I hope what you make of it. I hope people enjoy this show. This has been inspiring sports stories. Thanks to Barra and O'Day. We've been talking to Scott Cummings. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything.